Hello, Merry Itchmas and a Happy New Game Plus. Welcome to oh, our... <laughs> you love the puns. Come on, bud. <laughs> that made me smile, Alex. Hey, Thank there you. we go. <laughs> so we have another special episode for you today. We're going to be going all over uh, the Itchmas games, chatting about them. We're going to find out what is Itchmas, why is Itchmas, how is Itchmas, when is Itchmas? Well, it's already done. But let's let's move right along. You might have noticed we have a special guest with us today. As always, it's Rick Paula and I. But we've got the uh, uh, Dune Dad, the one and only creator of Itchmas. Welcome. Oh, actually, <laughs> you know, well, thank you. Uh, really happy to be here again. It's, it's I'm sure it's going to be a ton of fun, just like last time. But you know, I had the initial idea, and I. You know, I, I don't want to take credit for being the creator because honestly, it's a community thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I put the idea out in the Discord and on the forum, and a lot of people, you know, got excited about it and had other um, feedback and ways to tweak, which, you know, we pretty much implemented almost all of the feedback. And so it really is, I think, um, a community thing, which is what I wanted. So that's that's great. And it was super fun. I don't know. I was like, oh, what's the game tonight? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, even yeah, better than you know, it. sometimes the the excitement of the new game was better than the game, the game itself. <laughs> yeah. There was the balance, yeah. you know. I mean, the anticipation of anything that's fun and that's shared is uh, is I think really nice. Yeah. So we kind of did it a little bit like the game of the month that's run every year. Like we all, you know, um, selected three itch games, which was talk about a lot of itch games. There was something like what was it, like forty seven, forty nine itch games, I think, to pick out of. Um, yep. 49. <laughs> and we narrowed that down Those to 15. <laughs> so yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we're um, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, getting into some details without mm-hmm. doing some background. But the idea was that there was going to be 12 games. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason for that is just kind of a play on words, if you will, for the um, the classic song, The 12 Days of mm-hmm. Christmas. You know, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me and all that stuff. Um, so instead of Christmas, it's Itchmas. And instead of 12 days, it's 12 games. But we had so many good options. And we had a mega tie of epic proportions <laughs> in the voting to select the games. And we ended up with 15. So we had a few bonuses. So yeah, 49 nominated out of 18 nominators. And of those, yeah, 15 made it through to actually get played. Yeah, and we're going to talk about all of them today because... Those are a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, though they're quite short. I mean, I think, what, the longest mm-hmm. game was maybe an hour? Grim's Hollow is like... Grim's two Hollow. Uh, yeah. Okay, I did yeah. not finish Grim's Hollow, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and it's a good job they were short because I've got a front up. I've played basically all of them in the last couple of days, so it was a good thing that I was able to squeeze them all in. Our Itchmas, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, um, it's my way. True. Yeah. No, I mean, I think thirty minutes or so was about the average completion time, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to be really because the times were so short. I tried to be really uh, accurate with my tracking, which I I never really do, like a separate, you know, stopwatch or something to <laughs> to track my playtime. I just use either Steam or the Switch parental controls app, which is good to five minutes. Uh, but here, I actually had a stopwatch. I was very scientific about when I played these games. I had two screens. One of them was when I was capturing my screenshots. The other half of that screen was for the stopwatch. And then the other screen was for playing the game itself. Uh, so I tried to time it down to the second, which 
doesn't really matter like it's seconds <laughs> you know but for a game that's five minutes i mean that's kind of significant percentage i guess yeah i mean that's a lot mm-hmm. of the playing time <laughs> i know i did the same thing i had my phone and i was like start okay let's go <laughs> um it was yeah. just very specific so why don't why don't we jump right in then um and start discussing the 15 games of itchmas because on the first day of itch, Miss Tiamat gave to us what lies in the fog. Ah. <laughs> I like that. I like that much more than I like the game. So let's get the negativity out of the way. I thought this was a pretty pants way to start off, to be honest. It was um Yeah, yeah I unfortunately Did you say pants? Pants, yeah, as in rubbish. <laughs> okay. My my British is coming out. Uh, I was like, one British thing and another British thing, but I got you on the rubbish. <laughs> I um, unfortunately had to compare this to a possum country, which we played um, mm. in Extravaganza, which is like a, a Game Boy Color type thing. I thought that did this concept a million times better. Uh, this, by contrast, was like a really sort of thrown together RPG maker-esque sort of fetch questy thing. I didn't really think any of the endings were very compelling. Uh, it just didn't really work for me. It's not that it was particularly offensively bad in any way. It just didn't didn't move the needle for me. Too much gameplay, probably. <laughs> Too much gameplay. Uh, uh, okay, very good. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> very good. I did. I'll no. I'll give it one morsel of credit. Um, mild spoiler. I liked the the bit where the goat was hidden in the wall in the water. Yeah, and you see cute. those bubbles popping up. It's like, hang on, what's that? Oh, it's a goat. And then that's how I started that portion of the quest. Yeah, it's it was very meh for me. I was kind of in the same boat. Like, I, I didn't mind it. But like you said, I actually do think if you enjoyed this game, you should really play Opossum Country. Or mm-hmm. is it County? Opossum County? Opossum something. Yeah. Anyway, you should <laughs> yeah. really play that one because it's such a, like, yeah, just an excellent um and like very interesting and like the characters are very well realized. And I, and I think that was kind of part of my problem with this one where I was like, it's a little atmospheric. Um, characters don't really feel like much of anything. And like, it just, the movement and everything just felt a little like eh, jank, you know? And I'm like, and that's fine. And it's a 30 minute experience. I'm not expecting perfect polish, but I definitely kind of was left feeling like, okay, that was fine. Like I didn't waste my time, but it wasn't the greatest experience, you know? And if anything, I think I'd say the biggest difference is that this was wholly devoid of atmosphere. Certainly that was mm-hmm. my feeling. What about I what about that, you guys? Go on, sorry, Pallet. Uh, there were like good ideas on there, like the fact that you have like multiple endings, so I didn't like really feel like it all the I don't want to say the endings weren't like justified or, but there were they, they didn't feel like too different. I did get, when I got the first ending, I was like kind of surprised. And I was like, oh, what happens if I get the other two? And then I uh, got a video I let down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a little like experiment, I think um, it, it, it was, I want to say good, but it was, it was, was more like fine TM. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It was oh. fine TM. <laughs> What about you, Jim? What did you think? Yeah. Well, I'll be the contrary one on this one. I actually quite mm-hmm. liked it. Um, and maybe that's because I play very few short little itchy games regularly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is actually a competent little experience. But um, I really like the art style, that just ultra simple, flat, black and white, 
and the soundtrack was this really unsettling dark ambient sound which i listen to a lot of music like that just on my own time so i'm always happy to hear just spooky atmospheric sounds like that Mm. um yeah the gameplay like it was very simple and it was just okay who do i need to give this to to make the next thing happen so it and once you figure that out there's there's really no replay value and the endings are kind of different spins of the same general concepts. So I, I'm with you there, but uh, honestly what bugged me the most was there was no pause menu or ability to pause. Um, you could save your game, which I didn't realize until <laughs> someone said it. There was like the confessional mm-hmm. in the church. Right. And I never bothered to go in the confessional cause uh, I was too busy out hunting the world. <laughs> um, I think I had to stop and restart just because of baby something maybe. <laughs> I would have loved to be able to pause, but it's all right. Yeah, I think it does come from the fact that like we we played so many itch games at this point that like unless it really like blows me away, I'm just kind of like, all right, that's fine. (laughs) And and just to confirm, I went and double checked. It's it's a possum country. If this looks remotely good to you, and Ben Jelter is the name of the creative. Sorry, Pat the God. Yeah, I I was about to bring up a possum country because like if I played. A person country after this game, I would like. I would probably have said like, "Hey, this game is fine," but since I played a person country first, it's like, "Oh, this is what um, you can do like for this kind of experience, like for the ambience and even with like the uh, very simple graphics, you can do something like really atmospheric and kind of spooky." But um, because I played that game first and so like how far like such a little game could go but lies of the fuck for, uh fell a little bit turk for me yeah that's fair so basically you heard it here <laughs> go play a possum country <laughs> similarly short hey so before we uh go on i want to uh get you guys's take so i i did all this like kind of number crunching light number crunching i would say for the uh for itchmas as a summary because something that came up a lot and i was joking about it just a minute ago was like we had a bunch of narrative games and not that many gameplay focused games and i did some comparison on how that spread went in the nominations versus the selections to play Mm. um so i'm curious this game would you consider it if it had to be one or the other a gameplay game or a narrative game narrative without doubt narrative I think you're just moving and clicking, you know. It's narrative, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't really do any gaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I mean, maybe what you could call it a mix. Though? Yeah. What is gaming? You might be able to call it a mix, but yeah, I felt like it was a. Felt like it was narrative. That seemed to be the main thrust it, of it. See, I, I would. I called it gameplay as a first pass because I spent more time you know, wazzing around and, and interacting with objects and stuff than reading text or experiencing a story. I guess through environmental storytelling, I could, but I was more active doing game stuff during the playthrough than reading. And do you know what? Now that you put it like that, I actually kind of agree with you. I feel like this is bang in the middle of that binary, and I think it, it makes it a little bit awkward. Okay, so maybe a both. Maybe about narrow game. If we're being yeah, <laughs> if it's an option. Narrow play. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for your take on that as as we go through each one and and nice. see. I think the yeah. others there's there's others that are quite a bit more clear. Yeah, the delineation. God, putting delineations on games is not easy. 
<laughs> We're about to figure this out today. Um, all right. Well, on the second day of Itchmas, Tiamat gave to us the Black Iris, which personally, I dug this one a lot more. Um, this mm-hmm. is like, yeah, yeah, that kind of like PS1 era, like 3D graphics um, that it just looks like sludge in the best way possible you know like purposefully so it's just like neon and like all the oh man i dug this game a lot <laughs> yeah well that's some great effects i mean some really psychedelic mm. stuff uh the camera work was really disorienting at times mm. and again the music was super good i i honed in like a like a uh help me here like an arrow <laughs> on the music okay whatever i really dug the music and the, the credits music was super good too and it was kind of different it was kind of dancey um which caught me off guard but in a happy way yeah. um anyway i'll stop rambling let someone else give a go oh. um, i didn't play these ones so i'll leave it to you too <laughs> oh Ooh. well I, I think we should in fact just leave it to friend of the podcast cock um mm-hmm. who said uh, and Alex has very helpfully put this quote in. I actually agree more or less entirely with it. Uh, the game wears some of its influences on its sleeve and mixes them together in a fluent way. Silent Hill, Lovecraft's text, Shugatsi's Roadside Picnic, which it actually quotes by name, uh, and the real Cola Super Deep Borehole seem to have been very prominent inspirations. I also believe that some of the visuals and set pieces were inspired by the Nicolas Cage movie Mandy and maybe even Beyond the Black Rainbow. And I definitely got that vibe from the color palette, I have to say. Yeah. Um, it all mixes together very well to have a colourful but grim atmosphere full of mystery and harsh technological visuals. Uh, that super stylized presentation and fairly unique game feel make most of this game. Um, yada, yada, yada. I agree with all of that. Yeah. yeah it's um, and, and the game itself, I think, mechanically is kind of poor, but that kind of lends itself in the same way that a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill does because you're stuck on this tank control and sometimes it's mm. quite difficult to see what you're trying to see. But that builds into the suspense and everything it's trying to do. Um, totally agree with what you're saying, June, in terms of the, the effect and the way it puts that together. Uh, I also really, really love the way that they use like real-life footage and, and cutaways um, mm. to, to build that atmosphere and that effect. Uh, I really vibed that. I had a really good time with this one. It was one of the, one of the sort of better games that came Same. out of it for me. Weirdly yeah. enough, yeah, this was my number three, in fact. Oh, nice. I think it was four for me. I'll go back and double check. I think it might have been four for me too. Yeah, you know, interestingly, I don't know why, but my computer had a really hard time playing the video segments. I I don't know why. Like everything else was completely fine. But anytime those video segments came on, it was like and slowed down. And I was like, I was like, is this on purpose? And then I like watched some videos and I was like, that's not on purpose, but whatever. (laughs) Well, I had a bad bug too. I couldn't actually finish the game unless I wanted to replay the whole thing right before I went into the very last area where you, you basically are done and see the ending cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of bug prevented me from interacting with the object to open that area up. Um, so I had to watch video and watch it in low resolution and not, you know, feel Aww. like I had actually beat it, but womp womp. You know, great. that's something that I like. We'll talk more about this too when we get to like the gameplay ish, more focused games, which I would argue, yeah, this has definitely uh, gameplay moving around, good mix of narrative in there too, kind of like a walking sim. But um yeah you realize how hard it is (laughs) to make really effective gameplay and ensure that your games don't have too many bugs like it's just there's a reason there's huge teams right and so i respect um all the game makers and it's it's a little weird because i think we've talked about this a few times where it's like they're like these 30 minute free experiences um and so ultimately sometimes i'm like eh they're fine 
Um, but that's why I also think it's such a gem when you find one that really sticks out and you're like, Oh, holy crap. Like this has the value, the production value and like, um, the work behind it that feels like it, it shouldn't be in this just like free collection, you know? Um, but this did have a team though. This was not a single person. Yeah. So I think some of that effort showed and the fact that it is 3d, albeit ultra low res, you know, but that's an aesthetic choice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you said it's a gameplay game. I kind of felt like it was a narrative game. Yes, I'm spending most of my time walking around, but the I don't know. I feel like the value that this game has to offer is the story, the atmosphere. So I don't know. I'm I'm going back on what I said before about what are your what do you spend most of the time doing? But it's like which part of it resonated with you more? Felt like it was the emphasis. That's why this is so gray of an area i guess and and when you say it i think exactly of what lies in the fog and actually at their core these games are are almost exactly the same in that they're asking you to just move around a space and um hit the the story beats in Mm. in relative sequence and i mean you are solving little puzzles things but i don't know i feel like maybe that's the better question maybe the better question is what part of the game was more resonant for you yeah or maybe well what lies in the fog (laughs) <laughs> um, I was looking at the, you know, sometimes in itch, like 95% of the time, the dev would actually specify a genre in the more information section. And the dev, this case, called it a puzzle game, What Lies in the Fog. Mm, okay. And in that sense, you know, it is because you have to match the right object with its intended recipient and whatever. Um, and the story, I mean, it's like the farmer is leaving his goats and the, you know, <laughs> spoiler, there's some demon or like mm-hmm. Satan or gray monster in the fog is going to eat everyone, you know, um, that's pretty much the story. It's not nearly as deep as there's the scientific expedition in this in Scotland and they've uncovered some crazy mm-hmm. stuff deep in the ground. And, you know, there's a lot of layers and nuance to it. So. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like any game is purely only narrative and only gameplay. I mean, that's part of the point, right? Like a game. I mean, if, if you call a kinetic novel a game, then absolutely there are purely narrative games. Yep. I guess. Yeah, I mean, a visual novel is pretty much narrative. You can click on dialogue. But that's yeah. still gameplay in a way. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to scrap this idea and we're just going to talk about it. No, I actually do quite like this idea. As, as much as we're fighting with it, I actually really do like this idea. <laughs> okay. Hmm. All right. All right. We'll see what happens. <laughs> don't, don't give up now. Yeah, don't give up. Why don't we move on then to the third day yeah. of Itchmas, um, which was a firm handshake, which all I'll say is that this game is very stupid and I liked it. <laughs> that was. <laughs> This game is very stupid, and I like it. Like, yeah. but yeah, yeah, stupid handshakes. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It reminds me of like Goose Game a little bit, and it's like it's a it's got that like wonky ish physics. Um, you know, like yeah. that like very stylized three D as you're going through. Like, it's just you know that art style. Like, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but like like Octodad, like those the kind Unity of games. Asset Store art style. Yes, that's, that's it. The Unity Asset Store. <laughs> Zing. Well, no, I mean they—they they were very open that they used all yep. that, and that's—that's that's fine. That's what it's there for. Um, yeah, I know what you mean, though. There was particularly one part where your little man in the suit um, is trying to handshake people, but they're all running away from him, which you can analyze <laughs> the narrative behind that. But uh, <laughs> and some people did, and it was very insightful. But uh, you know, they would go and handshake each other, all the other 
business suit people. And if you, you could still push them around after they had connected and started shaking hands. So I'd like to push them away from each other and their arms would remain locked and they'd just get into this really crazy, you know, arm stretched pose that was really funny. I mean, I thought the game was funny for sure. It made me chuckle a few times. I thought every little part of it took too long for what was essentially a joke. I... I find it hard to begrudge like a four minute curio for that. But I feel like even at four minutes, it took too long to do what it was trying to do. And friend of the podcast, Abatage somehow played it for eight minutes and 32 seconds, which baffles me. I have to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's inoffensive. It's four minutes long. Like there, there's some humor in it. Well, Abitage said, speaking he was... of Abitage, he wrote, Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, dude. Well, you've you've got his summary, but I was going to plug. He's uh he's got his own blog on his own website where he wrote a proper article about this game. Ooh. So I'd highly suggest you check that out because it's very uh it's very insightful. It gives you, you know, it it shows you how it hit him in a pretty profound way. Nice. Well, let's say we're going to link that in the description down below, right next to the like and subscribe <laughs> button. Oh Lord. <laughs> But he, a little short version of what he said was, I was transported back to my office days and felt the drone of existential malaise and conformity, which made me hate everything about that life. Fantastic little piece of work, smiley face. <laughs> which I get it. I was like, definitely like, yeah, this reminds me of the office days. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, did you have any thoughts yeah. about it? Did you play this one? Oh yeah, I played that one. And I just finished the game and was like, that was neat. Um, pretty much move on to the next game. <laughs> but it, it it was fun, but it didn't leave like a a big impression of me. Hmm. Well, so, yeah. Moving yeah. on then to perhaps the most divisive game of the uh, um of Itchmas on the fourth day of Itchmas, we got Crow Crime, a murder mystery. Um. You're voting for the wrong Cecile Richard game. Novena was on the list. <laughs> I uh, voted for it, Rick. Don't worry. I didn't vote for Crow Crime because it looked, and it turns out. I knew what Crow Crime was, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> I, you know, I could just play it on my own. Uh, yeah, you know, Crow Crime's a very, very small. J- it's just like based off an improv thing, I'm pretty sure. Like, it, it's just a little joke. Um, it's not really. It's kind of just like an artist sketching, you know? Like, just kind of like, oh, oh. do this little thing. Yeah. I was really hard on it um, as my initial impression. And then once I found out through one of you guys or somebody on the forum that it was like this improv thing for a, and it, I didn't know that this existed, but this tool Bitsy for game development, which is mm-hmm. a super limited little creation kit, you know, uh, which has its own art style and assets and stuff and, and whatever. Um, I felt a little less hard on it at that point, but mm-hmm. still, I don't know it. I didn't think it had a lot to offer because there was no agency whatsoever. Uh, and it just kind of takes you, it takes you through this goofy little thing where the stakes are super low and nothing really matters. And it's just kind of like, well, nothing really mattered at all this, this whole time. I don't know. Why do I care about any of this? Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like, yeah, it was made for like a secret Santa, I think, which is kind of wild. Actually. I'm like, you guys made games for each other for a secret damn um oh but yeah my God, how yeah i know right uh but you basically just yeah like i think what probably would have tied it better together is if there were like multiple outcomes for it you know like reality there's just like 
one outcome or like it, i guess it kind of changes but it doesn't really matter who you choose when you're solving your little mystery you just kind of choose anyone and it'll make it so that it like fits and works um you know i don't have a lot to say about this one but what, what do you think rick Bella? <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's a game with multiple endings that are all the same ending and it takes like a total of five minutes to bounce through yeah it's just not really not really compelling like and it's frustrating because the the creative's body of work is excellent. This is like one of the few sort of low points on it. So it's, I, I'm quite sad that quite a few people will probably have played this and maybe dismissed yeah. some of the other work on its basis. Um, I, I mean, same as what lies in the fog for me. It's not really offensively bad. It's just it doesn't move the needle. Yeah, it it just has like the I want to say like the Celia Reader's like artistic style or artistic charm to it mm. but uh, the the narrative is completely different from any of her other works mm. so uh, th- this one is like uh, one of it, it is like a neat little thing but it just doesn't go beyond that yeah, yeah. the art style had a certain super retro charm it kind of reminded me of old Apple II games mm. you know that was kind of nice and nostalgic it's like a, a slight jump up from ascii you know like it, it looks like what would be yeah. the second yeah. like the next move yeah yeah well that's that that's girl crime <laughs> um, hold on hold on so yeah. narrative or gameplay this one's probably more straightforward narrative, without narrative right. yeah okay and we uh we didn't do a uh a firm handshake i don't know what is this one I mean, it felt like the developer I had to get it an action demo. game. I think it's actually. Uh, I, I want to get past demos. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely gameplay surface level. But if um, and some some of our friends on the forums definitely went into a deeper analysis on some of the meanings that may be hidden below the surface of this game. So there may be some narrative there. But I think for what the user is doing, it's shaking hands. Avoiding sumo, which was really funny. Uh, And that's about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Plus, I mean, yeah, a game with gameplay still has narrative in it, right? Like, it's just different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's a primary raison d'etre. Yeah. Paula, do you want to introduce this next one? On the fifth day of Itch, Miss Tiamat gave to me. Uh, Oh, La Maleta. I did not butcher it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's okay it's okay um this one was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. from what i gather it had i want to say some political such historical commentary mm-hmm. and i actually play, played it in uh in spanish because i want to nice. to like listen to like the original poem some things kind of were like oh yeah the, the this seems familiar but Mm. Um, I had some commentary about it, like about the the how the the how the poem and the and the I want to say like the gameplay or story for the character kind of um the look like didn't quite fit for me, but yeah. overall was a very interesting way to to make a game, pretty much. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking. Yeah, the about... concept was cool. Of making a game based mm-hmm. on a poem and having you kind of live through an experience of the poem. I think yeah. I'd like to see more done like that. 
even if this one in particular was hit or miss for people on the execution of it. Yeah, yeah hmm. for me, like it uh, at the start, maybe it I wasn't feeling it, but towards the end, I feel it got like better in a way. Or like I agree. It, it it hit the tones better. I feel the narrator of the poem, the dev's dad, got a lot more passionate in his delivery of the poem as it got towards the end so it kind of reached a, a crescendo and climax yeah oh it, it is the dev stat who read the plan yeah i have to go i think it. that's right it, it, it is good job. Yes. Yeah. yeah um yeah i thought it was just really interesting like i agree like you know maybe the gameplay didn't like mesh perfectly with the poem and, and i think a lot of people did mention that the poem kind of overshadows the game a little bit but I just really enjoyed it. Like I thought this is such a cool glimpse into a part of history that I know literally nothing about. Like I was like, I have not heard about um, the implications of Spain joining NATO and like in the Canary islands. And like, I really enjoyed um, like the waiter scene too, is like you start to lose agency and like where you have to start just clicking yeah. the English words and like how, how his language starts to kind of slip away, which is probably even more effective when you're playing it in Spanish. Um, but yeah, I just thought, I was like, man, this is like a really, it's a great example of, because we've talked on the pod a lot about political games and it's just such a great example of like getting you immersed in understanding a political perspective, right? And like, I just, I love that, you know? It is like a very different way to present a political perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm like from be... from what I've usually seen, like in most of other games, like this was such a I want to say like the point of view of someone who isn't gonna be like usually a protagonist or of, of like anything, mm -hmm. and in that way it feels so much personal in a way. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna be a contrarian here. I really you like really. <laughs> I know, shock and horror. Ricardo Contreras. <laughs> hey! I, uh, I like the poem. I thought the game around it was pretty rough, to be honest. The game wasn't much. I mean, it was a pretty simple point-and-click art was in space. <laughs> uh, point-and-click, yeah. though. You know, I mean, you did have to... Uh, you had to figure out that you had to distract your mom with, with coffee so you could steal the picture, right? <laughs> Yeah, so there, was a little, there was a little bit of gameplay, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was more of a vehicle, I think. Mm -hmm. And and if there's something to be taken positive from it, it's basically sort of brought to my attention a poem I probably wouldn't have otherwise come across. So yeah, yeah, Uve mentioned like yeah, the gameplay was brisk enough to not matter much. Plus, it was nice to read some yeah. Canaria slang. Finally, without getting too much into the socioeconomic implications of Spain joining NATO, which is a great sentence to read in a game review. <laughs> I'm too young to have lived through those events. Uh, and in any case, I'm from the mainland, not from Canarias. Uh, but going by the people who have talked to me about those times, I find most people tell me they had a very different viewpoint compared to the game protagonist, though most will also admit that in hindsight, they do agree and would have agreed with him, which I think is is pretty neat. Like It seems like it's really hitting on like this kind of sentiment where they're like oh man in retrospect like you nailed it right on the head you know? um yeah. yeah fun fact uvej also uh, nominated this game as 
He did Crow Crime and yet a third, which won. So he was the only user to have all of his nominations uh, selected. So he should get a special star <laughs> somewhere. For better or worse, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't say they were all loved by uh, everyone, but they were all, they were all voted. But they were picked. I still have a bone to pick with the community. You guys afraid of Game Boy games? Come on. I fully understand why, but come on. <laughs> I'm like, my nostalgia might blind me a little, but it's fine. <laughs> you had a very uh, successful nomination too, though. So Yes, which I'm very okay with. <laughs> uh, why don't we move on then to the sixth day of Itchmas, which was Escaped Cha- Chasm. I was about to say Chasm. My God. If anyone can't tell, I've been a little sick the last day, so I'm a little out of it. <laughs> Three guesses which one of us teaches English for a living. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I didn't know you were coming today English with teacher? violence. Yeah. <laughs> I teach language as a uh, second as a second language. Oh. Or an additional okay. language. Or whatever the buzzword is now. I teach English. <laughs> Okay. It's sure the, the ribbing is fair. Okay. Yeah. But I'm also sick. I was up all night. That's <laughs> true. All right. Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, this game was like, I think the developer has a very kind of like cute sense of humor. And I actually liked the like secret room at the end more than I liked the game. Cause I it was just kind of nice to be like, what are you making? What's this all about? Um, the game itself was kind of hit or miss for me. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious. To I know feel like, what it, like. Yeah. I didn't play it as one so. I will happily jump in. That. I feel like this game expected you to care a lot about characters that you'd only just met. Yeah, I think that was a big problem for its narrative. I still kind of enjoyed my time with it. I thought it was pretty competently put together. Um, yes, the art was nice. I think the direction it went with it from there was pretty cool i think it needed a bit more of a setup and mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned that secret room because obviously there you, you get to speak with like the the avatar of the developer mm-hmm. and they said this was like a um a prequel a little really. sort of test setup. yeah yeah 100 yeah, this, this was just like a, a a proof of concept that became an actual game and i think that is probably as good an excuse for it as you could have um you know overall it was fine i I got the first bad end and then watched the other two on YouTube because, again, I was rushing through all these games in two days to be ready to talk about them on the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What about you, Dune? How's your... uh, I, I quite liked it, in fact. Um, crazy, the different opinions, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was quite interested just from the art style. was very striking. Mm. And um, the, the homepage on Itch had some of these um the, the game has some really gorgeous fully animated cutscenes which the developer solo developer did herself as well um super talented and so i was just very drawn in by that uh, surface level and then when i started to play the game you know it's super simple rpg maker stuff um although there's really not much to do besides wander around and you can click on stuff and you just have to trigger the next story sequence but um Man, this one just hit me emotionally. Hmm. You know, it's it's a little girl that's basically <laughs> stuck at home alone, and she res- she's lonely, and and her parents are missing, and she's just you know sad and tired, and it's just like oh god, I don't There's want nothing... my daughter to ever experience <laughs> that. You know, I was about um, to say nothing new in your life that might have influenced you with this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that resonated with me big time, 
And then um and then spoiler her her pet snake. <laughs> yeah, that's poor snake. That was like the most emotional moment of Itchmas for me was <laughs> a little girl, her face is so sad and she's looking into her Snake's terrarium. His melody isn't moving anymore. (laughs) I will say, I did really like those cutscenes. Like that was some good stuff. Uh, I was like, they got some talent there. Um, Yeah, this is like a middle of the pack game for me. You know, like it's not like hitting my like high highs, but like it was a game where when I finished it, I was like, oh okay. Like you know, like I I feel like I was I I ended this game more positively than some of the others. If that makes sense. Yeah, the uh, the biggest complaint I had with this game is uh, they give you a big lore dump at the end to sort of mm. set up this larger narrative, which would be for the game that's you know to come at some point in the future. As uh, as Rick mentioned, this was like a test run for that, but it just feels so unnecessary and it kind of cheapens the events of this game. I thought like it it had a really powerful impact on its own merits of just exploring little girl being alone at home and and some of the mystics mystical stuff that's happening mm-hmm. around her like that that was enough you know uh it felt cheaper to say oh by the way there's all this crazy other shit happening too that i'm just going to tease instead of just letting it be as as what it was so to me that was a misstep but otherwise i thought it was solid mm-hmm. but what i will say is escaped chasm 2 is a work of art a true tour de force <laughs> Which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go into your yeah. game files and open Escaped Chasm 2. <laughs> what? You won't regret it. Yep, about it. You can do it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I need to play the game first and see what the hell he sees. So, about. would you call this one a narrative game? Because I felt like this was narrative, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Lama Letter before it as well, I'd say. Totally. Yeah. Do that one. Speaking of another narrative game, on the seventh day of Itchmas, we got Therapy with Dr. Albert Kruger. I am so sad I didn't get to play this one because the art looks sick. That's about all that's good about it, to be honest with you, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, very negative on this one. I didn't like this game. I don't, listen, oh my God. God, I hate it. I hate it so much when games take therapy and they do something so stupid with it. Like, sorry, I just, I hate that so much. Like, you have like an interesting possible chance to do a fascinating take on therapy in a future slash dystopia dystopia and you just make it into this like fucking dumb game where like what you have to do is like go against everything that the guy says which like what the fuck kind of lesson is that i'm like (laughs) i didn't like this game man i don't know it rubbed me the wrong way maybe it's also just because there's very few any and like it's fine the game doesn't have to be what i want it to be but at the end of the day i was just like I don't like this. Like, I, I just wish it had such a good setup. It had such a good setup and such beautiful art and such great, like, sound design. Like, it even plays with the sound uh, with you at times. And, like, I love that. Yeah. But then break all, let me turn off the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And you're like, <laughs> we did that, though. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I didn't like this game. I don't know. I'm probably being harsher than I should be on it. But I just, uh, I feel like it fumbles its concepts yeah. entirely by the end. Um, I was disappointed by it too. I mean, it was it was lukewarm. You know, I gave it a three out of five. Um, yeah, it's probably accurate. The the frustrating thing there were several, but you know, like most VNs, you can skip through, you know, blocks of narrative if you've already been through it because you're going through a different ending. Yeah. Um, and and Doctor Kruger 
doesn't let you do that. You have the, you have the button that you can click once, and then after you do, he's like, no, 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 you need to listen to me or something like that, and and the button disappears, and you can no longer skip. So that was kind of unfortunate because you probably will play this game through several times. Like I had to play it actually four times because I messed up my third run to get the true ending. Um, mm. But yeah, the art was basically what it had gone for it. The rest was kind of yes. just kind of jump scary stuff. You know, and then it's dream therapy. Is it is it all a dream? Was it in like some weird software? Like it's like, yeah, there were effects done sometimes where it was like it was playing a video and you'd see video distortion and artifacts. So was it even real? I don't know. I'm tired of that cliche. Yes. (laughs) I found it hard really to properly judge this game. I had mad technical issues with it. Basically, every time there was an input and sometimes just because it felt like it, the game would stutter. So hard for me to really judge the music because I never heard it clearly for more than three seconds. Uh, hard for me really to judge all the endings because at least one of them was inaccessible to me. Um, mm. I like the concept. I think if it had worked exactly as it could, I wouldn't have found it nearly as um, offensive, let's say, as, as you guys seem to have done. Um <laughs> But but as is, I, I sort of had to scrape my way through the first ending, and I didn't fancy sort of fighting with it any further. Again, I was in very much a rush. Fair. Don't blame me at all. I mean, why why spend twenty thirty minutes trying to debug a twenty minute game? <laughs> you know, that's probably not the best thing ever, anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Paula. Maybe try it out. You might be more lenient with this game than we are. Who knows? <laughs> Only because of the art style. I like. I can't be of sorry. Yeah. And given that Alex was seeking something different, it's quite Ooh, interesting hey. that, that on the, uh, I want to say, eighth. eighth day of Christmas, there we go, um, Itchmas gave to us Story Seeker. Uh, this game seemed to land well with everyone, and I can totally see why. It's just a really peaceful, good time. I, by the sounds of it, missed on a lot of the story elements because mm. I just sort of wandered around for a bit and then put my tent up and was like, all right, done now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's super easy to miss it. it. Yeah, 100%. So I, I ended up clearing about two-thirds of the map because um, you sort of see at the end the bits that you've seen, the bits that you haven't. Um, I just kind of enjoyed walking around and just seeing, like, random raccoon tribes and, like, squirrel tribes. and <laughs> just Yeah, the weasels, right? The, the weasels have weasels. their shit together. The weasels. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like, you know when you're a kid and you have, like, those carpets and they've got, like, all the city blocks yes. drawn out on them? It felt like yeah. playing on one of those. And that, that was quite a nice fuzzy feeling. Yeah, this was one of the favorites. The environmental storytelling was really good. Oops, go ahead, Alex. No, you're good. I need a rest. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rick, I I had a similar experience to you. I think I played it a little bit longer, um, but I played a lot of these games. To be fair, pretty late at night after I had been um, finishing up some, some nighttime work just cause that was better with baby Dune's schedule and everything. Um, usually drank a few glasses of wine by that point to like just deal with the stress of life. Uh, and my patience for some reason after all that is not mm. the highest that it normally is. So every now and then some of these games, I would just like get mad, close it and then be like, mm, okay, I should probably give it another shot and do that. <laughs> But on this game, I, I didn't even explore enough or hit the right triggers to see the map at the end, which I didn't uh, realize you could not do because I felt like I cleared the whole area. 
Um, I saw like all the main points because other people shared the picture of the map that they had earned. But even so, just like the environmental storytelling of you see the town that's kind of been destroyed that that built the big knight kind of automaton golem massive thing and then you can find its footsteps and as you keep going you see it its footsteps going further and further out from the city and then you find it where it's fallen down and people are settling on it now on the butt <laughs> yeah know, and, and everywhere <laughs> around it um and then you f- go further on and you can see where some other calamity happened and it's just like there's all these nuggets of story of this dead world to explore and just finding more and more of it was was a joy uh at first mm-hmm. i felt very lost though because just like where do i go you know i i have no in-game map i have no sense of where i've been mm-hmm. um you just kind of have to accept that and then keep going yeah because it you have to hit all the totems to get the map at the end and uh, i yeah. just did not want to do that because i was like i don't know where they all are this is confusing. I so hit I all the did you? you I, of course you did. All of them. I hit like <laughs> definitely don't have to hit all of them. Power no, with the to get to get the map, you do. Yeah, I didn't get the map, and I hit, I hit like almost all the totems. There's no way I hit all the totems. There's there's literally given they how much of the map the I missed. There is no way huh? they gave me a map at the end. It was incomplete, but they gave me a map at the end. Oh no, no, I meant sorry to get the complete map. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. I should have been clear there. Yeah, yeah. To get the complete map, you gotta hit all the map. Man, what the hell did I do? Dude, you I must not have hit any. I almost totals. wanted to go back and replay it. I don't think I hit any now. Nah. I must have. I must have consciously avoided them to miss all of them. Yeah. Oh, well. Wait, you missed uh, all of them? Yeah. So, Paula, you got them all, huh? Did you see a fun little thing in the temple? There was an interesting little thing in the temple. The ending was a bit anticlimactic, but was like, whoa, so this is why the world is messed up? All right. Well, I mean, it makes sense that it'd be anticlimactic because the climax happened before you played, right? You're seeing the aftermath. Yeah, you're mm. seeing the aftermath of everything. But then, like, you go into the temple, it's like, oh, okay, things aren't, like, supposed to be... Because there are, like, these little... I want to say like ghost cat workers that are like, hey, time isn't moving. <laughs> this isn't supposed to be like this. And you see like this whole um uh, solar system thing, like everything is working and everything is like not working. It's like, hey, why is this all pink and weird? <laughs> this should be moving, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, you saw something I didn't see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of freaky. Um, you can't do much about it, I'm gonna say. But still, like, seeing every nook and cranny of the map, talking to... I think I talked to every single character I ran across. Damn. It was really nice. It struck yeah. a good balance of, like, creepy, somewhat unsettling, and then also, like, very comfy and wholesome, you know? It, it somehow worked with all those. Yeah. Yeah. Like good game. Um there were like very uh the, those like um very co- colorful uh, places on the on the sea were like huh this this is not only distorted it sounds distorted when I work on it and like not too far from like on the on the ice place it's like everything is frozen but then you you see this 
person guy is like, hey, if you see my dog, pet him. And then you see the dog and he's like, hey, can you pet me? Oh, thanks. And he's like, this is wholesome. And I wasn't expecting it to be wholesome because everything's yep. frozen over. So yeah, that it, it hits that dichotomy really, really nice. Really nicely. Oh my god, I can't speak today. <laughs> All good. Yeah, yeah, big time. Nice. High praise then for Story Seeker. Um, shall we move along to the ninth day of Itchmas? Yeah. Which was Bird of Passage, which is a game that uh, <laughs> you either had a fun, breezy 15 minute experience or you had a rough as hell hour long trying to go through a looping <laughs> pattern. Because I, I beat this game in like 15 minutes and I just got lucky and clicked all the right dialogue yeah. options and then found I out that I was did you? so bad <laughs> oh. man i thought it was just a quick 15 minute game but turns out you can pick the wrong thing and then it'll loop you through all these taxi drives and i'm like oh shit i am very glad that i didn't get stuck in that loop i looked a couple of times but it wasn't like that bad and i i actually i don't know how i did i did it but i Kind of saw like all the pieces of dialogue, but just like saving the 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 correct one, like for for my last choice, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. I also first timed it, although this was back in March when we played it. Well, when I played this part of the extravaganza we did, um, I thought this game was excellent. I really liked the visual aesthetic. I remember loving the music. Um, I thought the story themes were really really clever. Uh, quite mm. profound in a sense. And you know, as the package, it all just really worked for me. Um, yeah. Can totally understand if you if you're not understanding the time loop and you sort of banging your head against the taxi repeatedly. How it maybe maybe doesn't quite work the same way. But I I really vibed with it. I had a great time. Nice. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was great. Um, but, just as my own my own <laughs> denseness that uh, prevented me from getting the right choice. And after digging into it a little bit, it seems like. You know, you always ride in a minimum of three taxis, and that's where it'll start mm -hmm. to loop if you choose the wrong, the quote-unquote wrong thing in the third one. Yeah. Um, I think there's really only one selection that really sets you on the path to ending it or not. But mm. it, it was beautiful. I mean, yeah, um, very ethereal in the style. You know, you pretty much just see the taxi and all of its kind of glow and uh, a few little incidental pieces of environment at the taxi stops. And everything's just glowing so beautifully and otherwise just in this infinite inky blue nighttime. And then your main character is like this eyeball ghost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love so it. Adorable. He's a little yokai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that I, was neat. I, I really like how not only you were playing as the eyeball ghost, but you kind of were feeling as the eyeball ghost as you go further and further into the game because the eyeball ghost is just... Telling it, uh, their story to to everyone, and I really like knowing what happened to the to the ghost, why it turned into a yokai. And uh, once, since I kind of like was, I explore. I tried to explore the 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 story like as deeply as possible. Also, when I I, I finally got like the right answer. It it felt really organic, and also since I looked a couple of times, it felt like oh, I'm finally like free or allowed to rest in a way. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. I mean, I think the game probably intended for you to have to loop a couple times until you got it. That way you you did feel some of that frustration. Well, I don't know. The ghosts seem pretty at peace, even though, you know, they were stuck. But you probably meant to feel some of that sense of longing that they were feeling. They were looking for this one thing, you know, the ginkgo tree. And mm-hmm. um, and you started to feel like, okay, I want to find that tree too, you know, after a few <laughs> loops through and then yeah. and then relief when you finally do. Nice. Meanwhile, I'm just playing the game like, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, that was an easy thing. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Nice. All right. Well, let's move on to, which I think there might be a hot take coming here. Um, For the uh, 10th day of Itchmas, um, one of my favorites, actually, Emily is away. Which I want to hear. One of my favorites, too. Yeah. Let's let's see it, Rick. Rick's shaking his head. He's got some uh, spicy stuff. I actively disliked this setup. Um, don't mind the story. I like the idea where the story's going. Here's my problem. Making it so that you are put in the like protagonist's shoes directly and you have like limited agency over the control choices doesn't work. Because I found myself in a number of scenarios sitting there looking at the three options and saying, I don't like any of these. I fucking hate every single one of these options. I feel like a prick. Yeah, I get that's the fucking point, but it's bad. Bad. No, see, I'm going to... So I think you're 100% wrong, and I'm going to talk about this why. So this game to me is incredible because what it actually does for the first time that I've ever played a game, the female character is a real person, and you can't game her. Like, you cannot... Because you can't. You can't... Like, in all these dating games, my big issue with dating games in general is that... Um, and again, look, this is fine, whatever. But like, usually in a dating game, it is literally a game of getting someone to fall in love with you, which is weird and not how real world works, right? Like, it's you can't just like. Oh, and I mean, it's so uh, like it's you, you get points, you know, by giving gifts and saying the right thing, and it's like super if A then B then C. When like you, like you just said in the real world, it's not nearly that simple. You know, people are not. AI are, are not like logic statements nested inside of each other, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and, what and I... I'm on board with that. I don't disagree with that at all. My my problem is, one, you say Emily's a real person. You, you don't really get that much about her. All, all you know about her is in the context of the relationship she's having with other people and like supposedly having grown up with this person. You don't really get any insight into that, I didn't feel. Uh, and number two, I feel like that story works much better if A... You take away the agency of the conversation. Don't even make me pretend that I'm able to pick a bad choice. Or pull the camera away a bit. Make it like, um, oh, what's the game I've got in mind? Anyway, make it so maybe I'm looking over someone's shoulders there on that aim monitor. Because then I don't feel like I'm trapped in all these shitty choices. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's anything to do with like gamifying it and getting the girl and getting the right outcome. I actually agree with you. I, th- I thought it was a really interesting way of setting it up that no matter what you do, there is no quote-unquote winning like yeah the agency that you don't get the girl that character yeah yeah, i get that i I thought that was an interesting choice as well i just hate the way it was set up it's the mechanics that i take issue with yeah i think i love that oh i um kind of like split with this game because like on one hand like the i guess the overall aesthetic kind of like took me back uh, like here, <laughs> yeah. like the old Windows theme. It was like, oh my god, I feel old. But MSN for me. <laughs> yeah, true. That too. But like on one hand, 
um, there's, I, I guess there's times where you are like, uh, you, you're like trying to be a friend to someone, and there's literally nothing you can say that will be, will go right. Right. Nothing. And that kind of got yeah. reflected on the game in, in a way. But also, like, there was this, like, one point when I was like, hey, so maybe if I I can't, like, leave this person alone because they're, like, vulnerable. But also, if I, um, if I do this, then I'm going to be, like, a bad friend. But if I do that, I'm sure, like, the... The, the the main character is gonna like somehow take advantage of her and I'm like there's no winning here this guy is a prick <laughs> like yeah you you're be... talking about after the boyfriend breakup first yeah. time yeah 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 uh, and and that was like very very like upsetting to me because like it was like one of those points that is like yeah I it's like you want to be there for a friend, but you don't want to like take advantage of that friend because he has a stupid crush since whenever. And I'm like, and there's not really a way of doing one without doing the other. Yeah. And, and can we also stop and take a moment just to acknowledge just how fucking obnoxious it is to pick a choice and then have to bash keys like a monkey? Oh, I love that. Really, right? I think you're wrong on that. That was so immersive. I was having so much fun. I was like typing, hitting enter. Oh, hell yeah, man. How many games? Like, yeah. I, I didn't want to just I've keep picking picked a dialogue option. I haven't picked a dialogue option. I've picked a thing and then I've got to just hit H and J again and again and again until they've decided. No, man, that I'm you got to hit all the keys. You two things, though. That makes you, okay, that makes you have to actually do something, which, mm-hmm. okay, three things. That and then it can let the, um, let the protagonist make typos, which is completely realistic, and they would type and then delete the typo and then fix it, which was really fun to see. They did that a few times. And then it also gives them the ability to say something kind of different than what you said and see it happen slowly rather than all at once the text just pop up. So you I don't know. Do I think that, that you could do I that without that really to do worked. Thing. I I I think all of those are A perfectly valid and B not things that require you to bash random keys to also happen. If you do it so... That's what you were doing when you were on AIM, you know? That's, yeah. that's what you were doing. So, I don't know. I thought it helped stuff, I was writing modern Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't know. I just think you didn't <laughs> yeah, like this game, but I think, like... like I, uh, I like what they... they, they it's like, I like the mechanic of you having to type, but at the same time, my hands don't like it because I have, like, um, what's the the word for it? Like, chronic tendinitis. So anytime mm. I spend, like, too much time on the computer typing, my hands go, like, nope. Mm. Uh, yeah. So so it was, like, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it, it was okay, but at the same time, it was kind of, like, making it more, less accessible to people, I guess. Like, on accessibility points, that would be, like, less points for you for not having the option. I I get that it is done for immersion, but it at least should have the option to not do that. I'm going to go with fair. that, for sure. Yeah, I, I jive with that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I loved not being able to make, like, quote-unquote right choices, because I think that just really... Like, it really effectively puts you within a character. And, yeah, not a fun character to be within. But also, like, that's an individual at that potential in, like, in a frame, in a time of life where those are the choices that they make. And those are the only choices they can make at that point. And it's just, for me, I find that such a interesting and, like, fascinating way to tell a story. Um, and so, I don't know. I was just very, like, I was like, uh, I dig this a lot. Um, and that way, Emily did oh. feel, to me, like, kind of unpredictable, you know? I was like, I don't know what Emily's going to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I like about uh, I guess the overall direction of the thing is how the way they wrote uh, near the end, at least over me, you can feel how stiff the conversation is, yeah. <laughs> even though they they started it's like talking like normal. Oh, so and then painful. it's like it was painful. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, about the game I like. It's like, yeah, this feels real, but I didn't like the the whole execution of it. That's fair. Uh, your yeah. mileage is going to vary on this game. <laughs> um, so I'm completely biased because I nominated this game, and <laughs> I'll be fair, I am like 100% the target, like Same. perfectly the target demographic for it because I grew up on AIM and was at the same frame of life, you know, as when this was happening in the early, mid-2000s. So just the authenticity of it down to they were talking about, you know, bands that were really popular like Snow Patrol and Gorillas and Death Cab for Cutie and all that stuff. It just really was like, are you me? <laughs> and and I mean, it's easy to to see these dialogue options like these are all shitty. Like, come on, guy. You know, um, when you're looking at it from that third person perspective and, and mm -hmm. at a different point in life, but when you, you're that 19 year old dude in that situation, I mean, I've made a lot of those same mistakes. So it, it felt completely real. And I, and I liked that it didn't give you the right choice a lot of the time, especially mm -hmm. as things progressed. Um, yeah. You know, in, in my, in my playthrough, I did choose to have Emily come and visit and bring alcohol. So that led to certain things with big consequences. And then by the end of it, things were super awkward. Yet the protagonist guy got like really cringy and desperate at the end is just kind of like, I don't know, maybe they were in a bad place. Maybe it was a Hail, Hail Mary, but it was just kind of sad to see, you know, and and that felt real, too. I chose to end the game pretty quickly once it got there because it was so cringe. Um, <laughs> But the, the presentation of it in the Windows XP, you know, it's oh, kind God. of simulation with, with all the, the right little icons and everything. I mean, I was just so transported. It was wild. Yeah, I agree. But I was in the Again, same. <laughs> that's, your mileage may vary pretty hard on that, depending on your age and where you live and what your life experience has been. So, yeah. I, I just maintain that I think if they gave you a static narrative, and kept that perspective or kept the narrative, made it slightly delineated, pulled you out of that character's perspective a little bit. I think that game lands a lot better for me, at least anyway. I couldn't disagree more. I think that's the whole game is putting you in there if, in that first person and making you pick and making you type. I think just two shitty teenagers having shitty teenage relationships. Isn't that compelling <laughs> otherwise? I mean, maybe it is, I don't know, but I, I feel like it needed this setup to work. Yeah, I think, like, the first person uh, gave, like, make it, like, a more compelling experience, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I'm curious to see what others think, then, because uh, <laughs> sounds like we're a little divided <laughs> on it. But I agree, because, like, for me, obviously, I'm a little bit after when AIM would have been around, like... This is like, you know, a few years too soon for me, but it was like MSN and whatnot, mm. which MSN was basically the same as AIM. So like yeah. going through it, I was like, this yeah. feels very similar. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. <sighs> Who wasn't terrible? Absolutely terrible at love when they were young. <laughs> like I had no idea what I was doing and <laughs> trying to communicate. And like, it's like <laughs> watching two people who just can't communicate well, you know? Um, and, and that's something that I liked about it is like, you'll see Emily typing for a while and then she stops. And there's always that like, 
Why'd you stop typing? What did she delete? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> yep. Oh, Man, that, I got PTSD from that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, stop it, game. Why did you wake up and choose you know violence? I mean, <laughs> even modern modern messaging apps do that too, you know? So you don't have you to be... You say WhatsApp does right that, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think almost all Three dogs. apps do that. But I mean, that is tense, right? When someone's typing and they stop and they type again, you're like, oh my God, what are they... What, how and hard are is, they thinking about what they're, what they're typing right now? Yeah, yeah, and it is worse than just knowing like they saw the message and they hadn't uh, replied yet mm-hmm. because you see them typing and then you receive nothing. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I and you want to start up. typing, but you're, you're like, <laughs> I should qualify what I said. Yeah, I know. It's and you know, it's interesting because like this is probably like at least this game too would represent sort of the first generation that experienced this type of communication, right? Like, it's just not. It didn't happen before the internet like this, right? So I think that's kind of like a neat experience for it as well. But anyway, it definitely transported me yes. back. Um, <laughs> well, you know, a game that didn't transport me back and that I just did not enjoy was, uh, let me see here, number 11, Wando's 95. This game was weird. I didn't like this game. We're diametrically opposed because I could relate so much to like being the tech support member of the family and just being yeah. given like an impossible task to do. Um, I thought the game had a real sense of humor. I liked that it was relatively linear, so that like the story sort of took front and center. And this idea of like get a good one. No, it's working just fine. No, it isn't. That's why you've got me trying to fix this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, it oh, took yeah, me there. I can relate. Uh huh. And and. I kind of bundled this and a firm handshake together in my head in that, like, it's clearly a, a novelty curio sort of gag game. It's um, a joke. Yeah, it doesn't outstay its welcome, has a great sense of humor about itself, sort of guerrilla tactics in and out, and I thought it was great. It very much succeeded at what I wanted to do. See, the only thing that would have, the one thing that actually would elevate this game for me is if I could just click through the dialogue. Like if you could just let me click and move the dialogue mm. along i would be fine but otherwise i was just kind of like i'm bored you know what i mean like it wasn't even like i was just like oh, i'm bored i want to explore the computer more well, you're supposed to be bored you're waiting for yeah. that ancient pc to boot mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, for your, like, your mom to make a sandwich well, i wouldn't even mind if i had to wait in silence <laughs> like it really it gave me like war flashbacks because mm-hmm. i have Same. had to like mm-hmm. uh try to fix a computer before like software wise and i don't know what people do their, to, to their computers i don't know like Ooh. what kind of malware they downloaded on those computers but oh seriously oh my god like <laughs> there was this one computer that had like this lowest starting time and it was just a matter of updating the thing, and then I have to like run a scan because it didn't let me up, uh, update the thing like upright because there were like missing files or whatever. And I was waiting for hours to the scan to be done, and it seems there were like a lot of like corrupted files, and that was one of the things that were like keeping the the thing for from working properly. Like still after all the. The repairs that it, it still took like I want to say like forty seconds to to a minute to boot, but that was better than what it started as. Man, and like wow. I'm not even that technologically savvy. Like I'm good enough, but like I remember being hired by this lady, 
I don't even know how this happened, but she like hired me to clean up her computer and it was a fucking nightmare. Like it was a Windows XP. And one day actually I'm like outside their house and this cop pulls up and I'm like, what the fuck? Freaking out. Turns out her like husband's a cop. I had no idea. He's just pulling up and he's all being all cop. Like he's like, who are you? Like, you know, like not even like, not even slightly friendly. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm the fucking teenager that your wife hired to fix her shit computer because for some reason i don't know what she's done to it but it's a nightmare i had to go like three or four times to just dump stuff off of it onto hard drives because it was so clogged i've seen this one before she couldn't pay you could she she couldn't afford it and then no wait wrong podcast (laughs) you're funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is family friendly dude anyway domino said this about the game I said, I did not like this game. The fake, weird, distorted voices, the slowness of the speech. I did like the sounds of the old Wandos, which I agree. And the fact that you could type and click, but at the end, it didn't really achieve much. I couldn't close the game properly either on my Mac, so it gave me more trouble than joy for sure. Yeah, I guess Itchmas isn't as fun if you're on Mac. I couldn't close it either. I had to alt F for it, which was kind of meta. Same. <laughs> okay, well, maybe just the game doesn't close. <laughs> I had to alt F for a few of these, actually. I mm. hadn't thought to bring that yeah. up, but it is a thing. What did you so, think of this uh, I don't know. I... I uh, I did like the gibberish voices actually. I thought that was part of its comedic <laughs> yeah. charm. The and then yeah, when the <laughs> when uh, the first time the mom asks to for the you know child to fix it, he goes. <laughs> 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 that was pretty funny. That was great. Um, I could just imagine like it, it seemed like it was three friends. There's a photo of them on the itch page. I can just imagine them all like chuckling, doing the recording and like yeah. making the game in a, in a few days and having fun with it. Um, and there was just so many funny little touches, like the the mouse unplugged. Yeah, I know that was pretty and, funny. Um, yeah. And all the little boot messages, like downloading RAM, RAM. and yeah. uh, deleting files, stopping boot, restarting boot. Like That was funny if you paid attention to it. Which apparently those yeah, random ones. A... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I did, I did play it twice again because I wanted to take another screenshot. Uh, oh, and the like the, the badly tiled wallpaper of like the family portrait. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so authentic. By the way, isn't it funny that we got two games sequentially that are both like simulating being in an old PC. Yeah. Emily's Away is the same. It was Windows XP and then this one is uh, Windows, Windows 95. 95. <laughs> Windows 95, right. Yeah. Um, and it was supposed to happen in like modern time. At least when I played the uh, the clock, like time and date on the, the Windows PC said 2021. So it's oh, supposed God. to be like, she's on this like, you know, 30 mm-hmm. year old or something machine. And they're so but, painful I mean, to boot up. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're spoiled now, honestly. I mean, computers did used to take ages to boot. And now, I mean, with SSDs and just as fast as everything is, it's it's near instant. But, yeah, this was kind of a nice reminder uh, of that and how good we have it now. But the game on its own merits, like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it and I liked the jokiness of it. But it was it, it's kind of shallow, you know? It didn't really hit me. Uh, as hard as some of the other still short, but a little bit more emotionally resonant games did, but it was enjoyable. Hmm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I'm down with that. Um, Nice. Why don't we move on to another game that was also very wonderful. Um, And that is day 12. So technically the official end, (laughs) we got three more after it of itch miss, which was missed messages. Uh, This game's beautiful. First off, mm. this was one oh of my, my favorites. God, yeah. Actually, yeah, this was my number one. Actually, yeah, it's up there. It's in my top yeah, three for sure. The um, another example of the it's a solo dev, Angela He, 
mm-hmm. not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct, but I mean, what an amazingly talented artist. She did all the, um, all the art and programming, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the game just has this gorgeous, uh, watercolor art style. Yeah. That looks, you know, I'm not sure if it's hand-drawn or digital or, or hybrid, but just feels so dreamy. And um, and it all takes place, well, most of it takes place in your room, kind of in the golden hour, uh, right before dusk. So everything's got this beautiful orangey-yellow glow. Mm. And, um, and the game does hit on some heavy themes, for sure. Yeah. And there are some very unsettling and uh, traumatic things that can happen. But at the same time, there's some really beautiful and sweet and heartfelt things that can happen. Oh, yeah. um, so that aesthetic, that visual aesthetic, really lends itself well to that, I thought. Yeah. My, like, only, and I, I talked about this in the Discord a little bit, and, like, so, I, I like, you know, if you're listening to this, we assume that you've played these games. Um, and if you haven't, you might want to skip this. But, like, it deals with with um, suicide um, and with self-harm a bit, which yeah, that bothers me a little because self-harm actually isn't, anyway, self-harm usually isn't actually a sign of suicide. Usually that, like, that's often kind of misconstrued that that's going to be the next thing. Those are actually, like, two quite different things. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. my, like, only complaint with the game is that it's a little bit like we talked about with the dating games where like it kind of turns helping the main, like uh, the other character into a game a little bit where the first time Ooh. you're more likely to talk to the person who's flirting with you, go on a nice date, which was super cute actually. And I was like, I love this date. Um, have this yeah. nice night out with her and then come home to your roommate having uh, killed, the, um, uh, having died of suicide. And so it's like, and then, you know, it reboots with this beautiful image, like this dream. And so you're kind of like, now you're like, oh, well, maybe I should try and like talk with them a little bit. And um, you can go through an, an equally beautiful. And I actually think very well done in terms of like how to approach things, like to get what I would consider to be like a good ending where, you know, she gets, um, your roommate gets help outside of you. Like it, it kind of emphasizes that you're not the sole support for someone in this. Um, but it like you have to get there by being extremely direct and like asking very, very directly, like, are you thinking of doing this? Are you thinking of committing suicide? And it's like that is actually like what they say you should do. You have to name it because once it's named, it actually um, um, it actually takes away some of the the mystique of it and it becomes a real concrete thing that you're discussing with someone. And so it actually can lead to good things. And so my only concern was that it kind of kind of implies this thing of where it's like well you kind of you probably shouldn't have gone on that date you probably should have gone and checked in on your friend and like i do understand that like you should check in on your friends obviously but that was the only thing that i was just like it just made me a little uncomfortable because i'm like okay but also you you're not the sole person who's responsible for these things like you do need to still live your life and still have a life and that is also okay um but anyway, it's just like a little disclaimer because I think it's genuinely very, very, very well done. But it's this is the danger of doing these types of narratives because it's such a difficult subject, you know? I don't know. What do you think? Mm. Yeah. You know, though, I mean, um, when your character is talking to May, probably on the second round, the second playthrough, yeah. when you're more aware of, of her needing help, mm-hmm. I, I still think she was, your character in the dialogue was pretty gentle. Oh, about yeah. it even though she was direct and actually gentleness is definitely a theme of the entire game yeah. i think it felt very gentle from start to finish it was lovely um but you know there are clues 
Mm-hmm. If you, um, which I almost want to play the game again and try to focus on May again from the from the first run because there are clues mm-hmm. that um, your character gives you that you know May is very sweet, but she's also been like very absent lately, and yeah. she like talks about her multiple times as you look around the room like, oh, May gave me this, and this is something something May, and she names May all the time. So the fact that you still choose to go with Goth's GF <laughs> after that airdrop, which I don't really use a lot of Mac stuff. So I was like, hold on. Is she just like getting some random message from some? Yeah, I didn't person? know what Apparently, that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get that. Until someone in the dorm. After. <laughs> yeah. Just someone in, in range. Yeah. Um, apparently that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to see how that plays out because the the game very much seemed to intend to bring you on that roller coaster of you yes. kind of think you have the light breezy day and you go on the date with Goth's GF and the two of them mm-hmm. have a really sweet little night and then you come back to the suicide and then reboot and then spend time with May and then you and May have a really sweet conversation but still challenging. You help her work through some stuff or admit yeah. some stuff. Uh, that seemed like the route, you know, that you're being pulled on. Yeah. Pulled along by the dev. Yeah. Hmm. And that was just yeah, like, where my concern was. What's what's very interesting is that I didn't get the 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 I guess the the dating ending and then like uh, coming home to to my friend's suicide in in my first run. I actually tried to focus on working on <laughs> the the thing that my character was trying to like write. You good person, you <laughs> I, I was like actually like trying to to focus on, on the work because uh, I found like some of the um I don't want to say formulas but like the, the explanations and like the notes like really funny and it kind of like hit home real hard because I have ADHD so like focusing on something that I'm absolutely bored with is a fucking nightmare. So I was like, yep. uh, it hit me so fucking hard when I noticed something was wrong with my friend. Mm. Because I was so focused trying to do the thing that I was supposed to do that was studying. I felt like I abandoned me uh, in a way uh, to, to her fate because like, as you said, all the, all the signals were there. Like she, she wasn't like very... Uh, take a tip anymore and there's like this implication that she used to have her door open like all the time and it was like huh so when uh, I went out and she was like oh where are you going and she didn't look good like her Mm -hmm. eyes didn't have light on them I'm like oh is there an option to not go out now because I think my character was like I don't know if she was like going to some drinks or something Whatever. I was like, oh, I don't want to go out. But my character already made plans. So maybe if I try to like talk to me like before like going out and nodding uh, and try to be nice, maybe maybe that help. No, it doesn't help. And uh, and that playthrough pretty much like try to respect the note that don't open mm-hmm. the door, call the police, they know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up like getting like all the endings in the long run so and my second playthrough I I I I got to having this conversation with me and I was like yeah this feels right mm-hmm. like this this is what uh I should have probably done instead of being like so focused on on work because it's like you 
Like, work will be there, but your friend may not. So it's like, oh. And then just for wow. completion's sake, I got the other two endings, and they were like, yeah, the 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 one where you get like with the with the other ticklers like cute, but not my cup of tea. And the other one was like, uh, you like you 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 kind of like save her like for the night, I want to say, hmm. and then she goes like she moves away, and you don't hear much from her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, I got all the endings, and I, I, I really think this was a very well done game. Yeah, it's um, sure. my memories are a bit fuzzy because I I played this game all the way back in April of 2020. Um, <laughs> but I I mean, there's there's a forum post sort of bouncing around from back then when I was like, this game is amazing, and I I really enjoyed it then. I thought it was really um, really delicate and really um, well written. It. it did a really good job of tackling what what is an easy theme to probably get very very wrong. Um, yeah. I pretty well, the much... dev said it was inspired by her real life experiences too. So oh, I hadn't seen that, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't want to say much more beyond echoing what you guys have said, which is I, I think it's a really really good game, and it was one of my favorites um, of the ones that were nominated, even though I didn't play it this month. But yeah, it was, it's among my favorites of the of the group as well. Yeah, I, I already considered it to be. Uh, my favorite but hearing paula's explanation that even going a different route focused on work and it still kind of gives you a similar realization that you need to focus on your friend more and and kind of get there I, i'm just have even more appreciation for it i think that's really well done yeah it's so pretty um <laughs> And hey, if you support with $5 plus, you can unlock 15 high-quality wallpapers and an exclusive drawing, which <laughs> actually wouldn't wouldn't be opposed to doing that because uh, it's a great game that you get for free, which is wild. <laughs> um, yeah. Characters are also cute, too. Like, May is just so yeah. super cute, and your character is, too. I was just like, oh, all these, all these girls are just the cutest. So <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to number 13. So when we extend it in, this is Grimm's Hollow, the most gamiest of the games. Um. Yeah, it's an RPG. I didn't get to this one. Yeah, you didn't miss much. Uh, look, it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is what I was talking about earlier, where I said gameplay is really hard to kind of perfect, and like you know, look, I have empathy for this because like they took on something that I th- think is pretty ambitious, which is like creating a whole combat system for like a two-hour or so ish um, game. And a timing-based, turn-based kind of combat system that just doesn't always work, um, which was kind of the issue for me. Like, as I was going through it, I was just like, I got to a certain part where I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like, it barely works. Each battle feels like a grind. It didn't feel good at all. Yeah. Yeah, I I had to stop and restart it because uh, I spent about 15 minutes trying to get my controller to work. And I eventually had to use Joy to Key just to force it to look like a keyboard. And that was fine, but then real life happened and I had to come back another day. But yeah, I mean, I was actually the most excited about this one. I'd say this was my most anticipated to play, and I hoped it got uh, selected. But actually playing it, I don't know, just um, the length of two plus hours, which we knew going in because of this helpful website Mm -hmm. called (laughs) howlongtobeat.com. Um, but being an RPG, I mean, that's one of my favorite genres right up there with Metroidvanias uh, as one of my favorites. But yeah, the execution of the combat, which, and there was a lot of, like even in the first yeah. cave, which is only as far as I made it, you had to fight every 
few steps, you know, which, and you, you, you could see the, your enemies pop up on the overworld, you know, it wasn't random battles, but still they were just like little ghosts everywhere that you had to fight. And I got tired of it so fast and just kind of put it down. Yeah, same. I am early doors, but so far, I mean, my my impressions might change as I go through, but my impressions have been much more positive than you guys so far. There's definitely some jank in the combat. I won't argue with that. Um, I've noticed that when the um, opponent uses a special move, if you're mid-selection, if you can't back out, you're just automatically not going to be able to dodge it, yeah. which I found a little bit frustrating. But yeah. on the whole... I think the game's got a lot of charm. I love the art style. I love the light, pale, purple, black and white sort of color palette. Mm. That's amazing. Um, I really like the vibe it's gone for. Uh, I actually like the combat system so far, and I love the skill tree. Yeah. I like like that you have an option between throwing points into base stats or giving yourself new abilities. And I like the way that it's scaled. So, like, once you've done the first health upgrade, it is prohibitively expensive to get the next one. So it almost forces you then to look at other things around. And I, I like the way that it's all set up. And I like that that's tied into the narrative as well. Seems like um, one of the endings you get is based on completing that so that you can sort of pass on. Um, this is one I am going to come back to. It's one I, I plan to sort of play at my own leisure over the next couple of weeks. I just wanted to start it. It's the last game I played. Um, I wanted to start it enough to get an impression of it. Uh, I really, really like it. I think I ended up actually putting it as my my favorite of all the ones. Really, um, what on the wow. list? Yeah, I. You yes. really are a gameplays king kind of man, aren't you? <laughs> I really am a gameplays king kind of man. I really am. This wasn't good gameplay, but anyway, <laughs> Cyber actually Cyber said something similar. Where it says bit mixed feelings here. Like it feels close, but the battle system feels clumsy, especially compared to other timing type battle systems. And the dodge mechanic wasn't well explained. I'm still not sure if it was actually doing it the way it was meant to be done, but it worked the majority of the time. I also had the attack just not register sometimes, but I'm not sure if that was the game or my controller. Art's nice. Writing's not bad. I got the worst ending, though. I didn't really mind that. And I think I would have liked it better if it just had a different battle system or if the one it had was better polished. Um, and they say I played on normal, but sort of wish I'd gone for story mode, which I agree. I kind of wish I did the story mode. Though I hear the story mode is not actually that much easier. So, No. Actually, I started on, on the casual mode. And uh, after hearing some of you say that, it's like, okay, I just want to beat this game and experience it. I'm not trying to prove anything. But yeah, I mean, I died in a battle and I was like, there's no way I need to eat multiple, you know, health items to get through this like normal battle. But no, I got hit a few times. That was it. <laughs> I should say as well, I uh, I had no problems with the controller. I actually liked this versus a game like Escape the Chasm, where it didn't seem like there was an obvious controller option. Um, I was using DS for Windows, and as long as the controller was on before I started the game, recognized it automatically. See, I don't use that because I've been able to get it to work natively with steam but maybe i should give it a go for next time yeah i specifically for like emulate this is such a tangent specifically for emulators and for game pass games uh ds4 windows has been a godsend because it it, mm. it just works like once it's set up you turn the controller on it's automatically recognized and then you turn on the game and it's automatically recognized again hmm. good to know well I may, I don't know. I may go back and replay this one because I love RPGs and I feel like it has a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it really is a big slice of game with ambitious systems. I mean, and the, and the skill tree and everything and, and the leveling. 
they, they really did make like a little vertical bit of what could be easily fleshed out to be a much bigger game yes. by having you go more places and add more bosses. Like thinking about it from a game dev perspective, you've got all this mechanics and everything in there. You just need to add more content and you've got a whole world. Um, I don't know, maybe when I'm feeling more patient, I'll give it another go. The art style is superb though. That, that purple and black and white just mm, so tasty. Yeah. Sure. Well, we only got two games left. In the 14th, we had Six Cats Under, which is actually one that I don't have a lot to say about because we played this during our extravaganza, so I didn't replay it. But I love this game. It's a point-click adventure. You're a dead grandma, and your cat's got to make sure that they get out. So and it's dumb. clear that whoever played yeah. it, whoever made it, clearly played Ghost Trick first. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it, it is basically, yeah, it's basically a knockoff Ghost Trick, but mm-hmm. in, in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game made me feel pretty dumb for a while. I had to also look up a hint because I got stuck at the bit where you have to um, make sure the TV's on the roaring lion so that the cat gets startled and jumps up to mm. uh, start playing with the goldfish. I was like, I know the cat's got to get the damn fish, but I can't get up there. I didn't think to change the channel. Silly me. I'm not very good at pointing clicks or wasden spaces. I don't play a lot of them. <laughs> um, don't worry, like... I actually replayed that the the game, and I actually forgot you have to like change the channel to the Roaring Lion. So after a couple of tries, it was like, oh right, I have, uh, I probably need to like use the lion again. Yeah, it was clever though. I mean, I like the setup. It despite you know maybe being more of like a death positive game, it's like kind of a cute <laughs> death. Um, the grandma's like, doesn't seem too bothered by it. You know, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm just worried about my, my sweetie cats. By the way, yeah. there's way more than six cats. Okay. That's, uh, inconsistent, oh, yeah. uh, marketing. There's like 12 cats in that apartment, I think, <laughs> especially when the whole herd of them comes out at the end. It, uh, it reminded me of in Hey Arnold. I don't know if any of you would like <laughs> to watch that show, yeah. yes. but like the intros animation, there's like a whole herd of animals that fly out of the apartment door when he opens it. Uh, reminded me of that. <laughs> uh, it was cute. The little pixel art was nice. It had a comfy, comfy feel, despite you know you being a recently deceased old lady. Yeah. It's fun. It's charming. It's oddly wholesome for a game that's about letting your cats out so they don't eat your still warm corpse. I know. Yeah, right? exactly. I wasn't thinking about that. I, cats I'm are That's what cats will do. <laughs> they won't. They won't think twice. They will. They will eat you. I think I get their nutrients. Well, now, why don't we move on? <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we we'll leave I'm this one. Weird now, like you little. Yeah, and, and if the... they haven't eaten you, that's how you know you're on the final game of it. Oh is God! How you know you're alive, or how we hey. know we're alive. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so this is a game set in the Swedish Bible Belt, um, in a town called Hull. A region yeah. we're all intimately familiar with. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so intimately familiar. <laughs> 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 I I really really liked this game. I mean, you know, caveat I nominated this one, but I didn't really know anything about it. I just saw it and I was like, Swedish Bible Belt sounds good. You know, like I'm like, what the hell is that? I didn't even know there was a Swedish Bible Belt. So I was like, damn right, we're yeah, it's, it's a bit like La Maleta being so laser focused on a t- point or place and or time that's just like not really something in the collective zeitgeist that's represented all that often. Like. Aliens in New York. Okay, well, I've seen that a gajillion times, but like Bio Belt of Sweden. Okay, that's different. You're like, color me intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's and that it's uh, Django bit. You, you had my interest, but now you have my attention. Yes. Yeah. It's also yeah, gorgeous. I, I, I just, like, 
Mm, yeah. How about I, those effects in pixel art, like the rain oh. and the reflections? Oh, my God. Also, a small team worked on this one, so yeah. not a single dev. Definitely a lot more polish. Yeah. I mean, it won some awards in Sweden for, uh, I think, like um, art and uh, narrative direction. Um, yep. Yeah, we had some good discussion on this one, um, getting into some of the motivations of the characters. And and I don't know if we should spoil, but there's a pretty big kind of twist, I guess you could call it a twist, mm -hmm. uh, that once you understand the truth of what happened, it kind of changes the way you've been framing everything you've experienced so far. And, um, yeah. and I guess maybe we should leave that to the listeners to experience. They they no? should have played okay. it by now, I think. Yeah, you know, this is, All right. this is the Itchmas Roundup. They should have played these games. And if not, <laughs> okay. you can just skip. <laughs> but I, yeah. yeah, we had a conversation with this because I really, really dug this game, particularly as someone who, like, I've known a lot of people in this vein. Um, I think I've even had similar feelings as this at some point in my life because, like, I grew up in a small town that was very, um, like, a very Christian small town. And... um in the story, you learn that this main character, Sarah, is kind of like, um, she thinks that her best friend, like, maybe killed herself or, like, something untoward happened. And, like, it must have been this town that kind of killed her. Um, and not directly, though, like, just yes, the misery you're getting, you know, getting trapped in this place where she would have rather escaped. Exactly. Like yeah. More like, oh, this town just kind of like wore her down, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Right. Not like, yeah. not like there was a plot or anything. <laughs> like, not that, not that thought. But um, I just really loved it because, you know, there's this kind of like, I think it's really easy to frame this as a story about this kind of entitled girl who comes back and like doesn't see the value of her small town. Um, but ultimately, like that small town did in some way or form shape who she is. Right. And like, there's a real easy way of saying like, Oh, well, no, cause her friend, and I'm forgetting the name of her friend now. It's going to drive me nuts. Maria. 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 That's Maria it. Yeah. yeah. Maria fit into that town. She wanted to get married, have a kid. Um, she like really fit in. She actually liked going to church there. And it's like, you know, Maria's sister, I think, you know, pretty reasonably is very upset and like dresses down Sarah, but like also, realistically she's also ignoring the fact that this town could never be the home that Sarah is looking for because she simply doesn't fit in with this kind of very specific social structure within that town. And like, that's why for me it was such a tragic game because like ultimately I didn't feel like anyone was a villain per se, except maybe that cop, he's an asshole, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's how I feel about it. But like everybody was just like, I think kind of doing their best um, and yet can't Realistically really... flawed, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it, to the, the author's credit that, or the, the developers' credit that they didn't take the easy way out in any of those. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of easy sort of tropey directions that story could have done. And mm -hmm. I think it, it's really, really um, strengthened for the fact that it doesn't take any of those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, oh, I really like how you usually are expecting something when you when when the main character starts like solving a mystery. It's like, haha! So it was this all along, hmm. and the way the expectations are subverted is it was even though it made me sad, it was wonderful. Mm. Yeah. I was the asshole all along. Is basically this game. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Yeah. Yeah. She, Sarah, the main character was just projecting so hard. Yeah. Um, I kind of made me wonder, you know, you don't see much of the, of her relationship with Maria when they're younger. You see this scene. You see, I think you see two scenes. You see one in Maria's bedroom and um, that's when Sarah's like, all right, I got us tickets to go, you know, to go to Stockholm and we're going to get away. And that's when um, Maria tells her that she's pregnant. And that's really when their paths diverge. And then there's another one when they're sitting on the car on top of the hill. And it's kind of similar, like Sarah's still, you know, musing about how excited she is to to get away and get into the city. And um, she can't fathom. I don't think she even understands that Maria doesn't feel the same way. And I think she never really began to understand it until the events of the game that you play right at the end. Um, It kind of makes me wonder, you know, because she wanted Maria to come with her and take her with her. Um, I wonder if maybe there was some unrequited love that Sarah felt that she wanted to take Maria away and maybe like, Maria would fall in love with her if they moved to the city or something. And she was frustrated by the fact she never wanted to do that. I don't know. Sarah seemed really invested in Maria for just being a normal small town friend. I don't know. We didn't get to see too much of it to understand. Sarah did read to me as coded queer. Like it felt like that was like, because like she also gets like a lot of like, you know, the, she goes talk to the store clerk. She gets the homophobia kind of thrown at her. Uh, a fair bit and so like i felt i could feel some of that coding um which could just be me looking into it because whenever i play a game i'm just like where are the queer characters like i get excited i'm like where are we are we in this game uh you know um but that's also why i, I like I, yeah i don't i don't know if i got necessarily unrequited thing like i think i got a little more of this concept of where she's just like well maria i know you're a great writer like we both want to be writers like let's go out of this town and you know be writers um but yeah, I don't know. I just, cause I feel this thing where it's like, man, like I had to leave my small town cause I couldn't, I, I just couldn't do anything there. Like, even if I wanted to, it just, it, did, it didn't work. Um, which kind of sucks cause it's, it's too bad, right? You get raised in Thank a community you. and then, yeah, you get, yeah. About a, yeah. yeah, I did yeah, the same thing. I mean, I leave a left a tiny town too, to go to school somewhere bigger and be exposed to more stuff. I mean, actually, I discussed this on my first um, guest appearance, you know, if you weren't into the hunting and fishing and small town life, going to church, you know, you, you were not welcome. Yeah, that makes four of us. <laughs> yeah, to go hey. see. yeah, we all get it, right? Hey. Universal experience almost. And yeah. into some big town. <laughs> and it's just yeah. hard because, yeah, if you don't fit into that mold, but then if you do fit into that mold, it's really hard even to understand because it almost feels, I think for Sarah, it feels a bit like a betrayal where it's like, wait, you relate with all of these people? Like, this is like, you actually want to be here? Like, the people who have been, like, harming me throughout my life? Like, I think that might have been part of why she's like, I can't, I can't even imagine that reality because it probably feels like betrayal, whether or not that's just selfish, you know, but... And the way that read to me was like... I I was just going to say, the way that read to me is like, um, Maria was Sarah's one friend in that place, the one person maybe sort of got her. And the idea that like even that constant wasn't really the 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 support and the sort of um, concordant voice that she thought it was, I think that was um, maybe the shock in that. That's only how it came across to me. Yeah, it's just sad. Yeah, hey, that, that's a great narrative where there's so many sort of valid readings in it. Yeah, yeah, it probably could have had a little more point clicky things to do, um, but like overall, really? yeah. Um, 
just it left me thinking for a long time i was definitely like very like damn okay this one hit me (laughs) yep agreed yep so should we before we move on because we did a poll that has the top three games based on a ranked choice voting system, which I will briefly explain. Should we do a little breakdown? Uh, do of like the, um, you know, what was nominated, what what actually won? Yeah, so it was really funny for me because um, in the Discord, you know, we were we had a very active thread on the twelve games of Vichmas throughout um, the nominations and through the games, and. Um, the whole narrative versus gameplay thing that I that I keep talking about was something that I found and still find very interesting, and um, and especially the dis- disparity between the the ratio of those that were nominated versus selected. Mm-hmm. And so, by my first pass assignment of whether something was narrative or gameplay, which is debatable, as clearly we debated it <laughs> it today, um, we had forty nine games nominated. Of those. 24, I would consider narrative, which is 49%, almost half. 18 were gameplay focused, uh, which is 37%. And then I put some, mainly some RPGs that seem to be balanced as both. So about 16%. So half narrative, uh, the other half about either all gameplay or more of a mix. In terms of what was actually selected, 12 of them were narrative which is 80 percent okay four out of five and three of them were more gameplay focused so 20 percent. so we saw a huge skew in what people actually wanted to play leaning towards narrative um even though it's pretty balanced in terms of nominations because at first i thought well maybe it's just these itch games tend to be more narrative focused because you can tell you know a small story and still have some Mm. impact and not have to spend a lot of resources and time to craft you know, all this game around it. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily true. So now that you know those numbers, I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on that. It is interesting. Cause I like, think... I, yeah, I'll go, go ahead. Ahead. No, no, you're good. Well, I was just going to say, like, I find like, even having gone through and playing it, the ones that I ended up liking the most were kind of those little narrative <laughs> slices of life. And I almost think that like to create strong, good gameplay, for such a small game can be really hard, right? Because it takes so much polishing. So I don't know. That's my sort of feeling on it. But I also nominated two games that I think were gameplay games. But um, no one wants to do the Game Boy. <laughs> but I promise you, Unearthed yeah. is really good. It's Mole Mania, but with I, I space. I wanted to play it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think there is something to this. just hard to make a mm-hmm. good gameplay game that feels good to play. Um, like mm-hmm. the battle system of, of Grimm's Hollow. It's hard to point out exactly what about it makes it not feel good or maybe there's just too much of it you know finding that balance between narrative and gameplay can be hard for a solo dev um versus someone with more experience or with a team yeah and the, the tools for a narrative game are much more accessible i mean we mentioned bitsy i know Cecil richard uses that one um you have RPG like maker. rpg maker there's like game a visual novel maker version of that game boy yeah. studio Lots of lots of tools that make it very very accessible to make that kind of game. I think the skill ceiling for making something action is higher as well. Um, equally, I think it's probably easier on an itch page to communicate the uh, narrative merits of the game, especially in that kind of game. You're probably going to be focusing more on the visuals uh, because you've got less mechanical stuff to juggle with. Um, and I wonder how much of a factor that is. There's also, I think, the bias of our community. I think our community probably values storytelling in games a bit more. Um, 
whether that's a factor our sort of mores and tastes and, and what have you hmm. yeah it really made find... me wonder sorry I... go ahead paula oh one thing that i find interesting is yeah we have like the the tools to make a, a story focused game are more accessible but it is very difficult to make a story focused game in such like a compressed format mm. and make it like I want to say that have an impact. Like if you're like doing like a full story, this is okay. It has like a a, a beginning of how things start, a, a middle and end. Um, those like the like the very like developed stories mm. kind of like lend themselves like to longer playtime in a way. But mm. in the way they do like the shorter stories, it's very interesting because you're either like drop like right in the middle or something like uh, with missed messages it's like there's already like a uh, established friendship with this other girl and that i found like very interesting or uh, in these uh on oh my god i forgot the name of the game um uh how we know we're alive that's the other game that I found like very interesting of how the story started because technically you're not you're trying to to see like what happened before about this one incident. So because they are more limited like time wise and resource wise, I find that the way that these turtle games have try to make a compelling story or like try to to narrate an experience is fairly very very different from what maybe other like bigger studios with games with a longer runtime would try also in for the gameplay games like the one thing that is very difficult to do is to have like this one mechanic that is very solid so this is like why I feel some of some indie games like fall flat is because they either try to do too much in too little time and don't like aren't able to polish everything and then you have things that feel kind of clunky but when they focus on like less mechanics it tends to be like a better experience overall. You know when you're talking you made me think like these itch games are essentially the short stories and novellas to the big studios novels, you know, like they're just, it's just what they are, right? They're just like, they're the bite-sized stuff. And some stories don't need to be crazy long or else you're like, Oh God, give me yeah. in here, you know? <laughs> and how yeah. cool is no. it that we've got a place just to host those? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> so I will say um, that this experience really kind of made me reevaluate what I like about games. And I mean, to be fair, I, I love gameplay and narrative and the blending thereof uh, for sure. But in the discord, you know, when TM would announce the next one, I would most of the time groan like, Oh no, it's just another narrative game. Damn it. I want to play some <laughs> gameplay. Like Rick's suggestion with monkey warp with the, the warping boomerang looked really fun. And then there was some like cool, pu like 3d puzzle games. that looked almost portal esque. And uh, in the moment, I wanted a lot more variety in what, I was doing as the player, you know, I don't want to just experience a story all the time, but I do think that the better experiences of what we got were the narrative ones. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to, to have that 
kind of reevaluation of my own preferences. Ultimately, I think I'm just back to I like both. It depends on the execution, <laughs> and then that's kind of where it lands. Well, it's time to reveal um, the winners of our ranked choice voting for the what was it? What did I call this? The three itches of the wise. How long to beaters? Um, <laughs> so the way this works, is, right? Thank you. <laughs> um, so the threshold to win in this, the way that ranked choice works, like everyone got to, you know, fill out like what their top games were. You didn't have to vote for all of them. And the threshold to win, because there's three winners is 25%. So it needs to get a total accumulation of 25% of the vote. Um, so to start, they count all the first vote uh, choices are counted. And anyone who didn't get on it, one game gets eliminated. And then it goes down, down, down through all the choices until it eliminates everyone except for three games. Um, so the third game was missed messages. I think is not too surprising. Number two was how we know we're alive. And number one was Story Seeker, which honestly, those are my top three as well. Maybe in different arrangements, but that would be my top three. (laughs) Three Those are my top three too. Three very strong picks. My top three were Grimm's Hollow, maybe somewhat over over sort of enthusiastically. Um, (laughs) Bird of Passage, and how we know we're alive. Yes, yeah, interestingly. No, actually, like, yeah. I made a mistake by top three is Bird of Passage, uh, which I like a bit more than how we know we're alive. Mm. And then, um, oh my god, I should have written this beforehand. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Miss Messages and Story mm. Seeker. That was a lot. <laughs> um, um, well, my top three were. First, missed messages. Second, Emily is away. A little bit of a hot take, mm. but again, I'm perfectly target demographic for that game. And three, the Black Iris. That one just hit me. I thought that yeah, was that so was, well done. Fell fourth for me. I couldn't agree more. It's excellent. That one was fifth on our list. Like, it, like the way the whole list worked out was, it was like, you know, missed messages, and then it's what lies in the fog. Fourth, fifth, Black Iris. Emily is away. Grim's Hollow. Six cats under, and then the rest didn't get votes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not enough to really even place. Yeah. They're just, they got eliminated one at a time. Uh, the lowest one was Wando's 95. But uh, hmm. there you go. But that's not, doesn't mean a whole lot. It's really more about the ones who actually like won. So anywho, that was a, that was a nice long chunky boy for Itchmas. So I hope you all enjoyed. Um, hopefully this will become another yearly tradition. And hopefully I won't be as sick next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hopefully. I mean, as the uh, as the idea person of Itchmas, I just really want to thank you all and everybody in the community that um, gave feedback, that you know participated, made it like made me feel like, hey, this is actually something that's that's worth doing. Um, we had you know 18 people make nominations. We had 22 people vote for those to be selected, and I think just about everybody that voted played some of the games it was it's hard to tell who played i was looking through the completions on how long to beat but i don't think it tells you when um but i saw all the same names you know from the voting in there so you know we had a solid group of 20 something people um actively participate and that's just awesome i love when we all kind of play some of the same games at the same time and have good discussion especially when the barrier of entry is so low which in this case it was free short itch games which doesn't get much lower than that. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, we're already kind of talking about, okay, next year, do we make tweaks? <laughs> do we just leave it? But we definitely feel like it's going to happen again. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about this and we'll see where we go next year. Mm-hmm. Dope. Well, that's it for this episode. I don't know where I'm going with this. Toodaloo. <laughs> Merry Christmas and a happy new year, everybody. Merry yes. Christmas, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.